your name be our petition when we For wisdom and not reason when you pray, let his name be your petition when you pray. When you pray, oh, when you pray, 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 God, show us the way, show us.
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tithe, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, in all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins, and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave, and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me, whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, 
environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan, who is the prince of this world. The world around me is not my home, and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices, and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and the pride that is in the world are set against me on all sides. The hope that I have is impatiently walking according to your word and staying firm to the covenant I have made with you. The world cannot strip me of my authority, but I can hand it over. I will not be deceived by what I see, hear, or how I feel. If it is not of God, then it is for my destruction. Help me, Lord, to see the spirit behind the temptation. The word tells me that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I rebuke and bind every influence that seeks to draw me away from you. For it is nothing more than a gateway to hell and will rob me of my eternal destiny. Father, I know you are able to do all things, and there is nothing that is impossible for you. Right now, Lord, I remember my first love, and I am prepared today to exercise faith in the light of circumstances. Sacrifice my own wants and desires in order to embrace yours. Stand on the word of God, even if it causes me to be peculiar. Deny my flesh and feelings, regardless of the temptation, and not make decisions based on what I see or think. I will forget about the past and press towards the mark. I will walk as a prophet of God, put my head up, and if somebody is there to encourage me, then I will encourage myself. I will not be ashamed to follow the examples of Christ, even in the face of persecution. To think differently in the light of the negative labels and slander I may endure. Nor will I be afraid to take a stand in the minority, even if it seems as if the whole world is standing against me. I am willing to abstain when others are eager to participate. To speak out when my words may cause me to be ostracized. And to believe the Bible even when it is the unpopular thing to do. In other words, I am prepared to live like Jesus. I release my faith right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever I'm dealing with, and regardless of what odds are against me, I will be steadfast and unmovable. I am an elite company and encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses. The words of this prayer will comfort me, build up my spirit, man, and encourage me in the way. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down Satan and his forces of darkness from any involvement, activity, or distractions in this prayer. I commission my angels to come against every thought, feeling, influence, and hindrance that is set against me. I stand in the gap for my family and friends and pursue the Lord with all of my heart. Even as I hear the words of this prayer, my body is regenerating itself. My body is preparing itself for another productive day. My body is developing according to your plan and health is being released in all of my organs, tissue, bones, bodily systems, veins, arteries, and muscle. My brain is processing the information consistent with your word and filtering out everything that is not of you. My heart is being protected from all ungodly influences and my innocence is being guarded. I have and will always have a sound mind that is saturated in your word. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
I rebuke evil spirits from attaching to me in any way, shape, or form. They have no place, familiarity, or invitation in my life. They do not enter into my eyes, my ears, my mind, or my heart. My spirit, man, has victory over them all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and cast down, and break all generational curses. I decree by the blood of the Lamb and the power given to me as joint heir with Jesus Christ that I will not be the victim of physical, mental, or emotional abuse, nor will I have, serve, or entertain idols or false gods. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I decree that I am not a covenant breaker, and my yea is yea and my nay is nay. I pray, Lord, that you protect me from all hurt, harm, pain, and danger, and those that mean me ill will. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have the patience of Job, the meekness of Moses, the heart of David, the favor of Joseph, the ear of Samuel, the courage of Joshua, the wisdom of Daniel, the zeal of Peter, the love of John, the faithfulness of Abraham, and the boldness of Paul. I abide in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of my life, and even now these fruits are growing in me. Lord, help me to be a person of great faith, consistent in good deeds, and a constant encourager. I will continue to love you with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. In the name of Jesus and the power of your blood, I pray, Lord, that you are first in everything that I do, and I have no priority greater than you all the days of my life. I am eternally connected to you and have an expectation in heaven. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that my face be before the Lord always and that your angels encamp around me and deliver me. Order my steps in the word and design my days according to your will. The Lord touches my mouth and puts his words in it. Lord, I will go wherever you send me and speak whatever you give me to speak. I am not afraid of their faces because your sword protects me at all times. Father, you are my sustainer, my provider, my comforter, my guide, my strength, and most of all, my friend. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I equip myself right now with the whole armor of God that I am covered from head to toe in every aspect of my life. There should be no parts of my life that are exposed on the inside or out, but all should be covered by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I put on the helmet of salvation. I have been redeemed from all traces of poverty, and I rebuke and bind a poverty spirit. You supply all of my needs, and I am blessed all the days of my life. In the name of Jesus, I speak abundant harvest in my life. My bank accounts are overflowing, and my barns are full. The blessings of the Lord overtake and pursue me all the days of my life. I speak financial security and wholeness over my family and the perfect will of God in my life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I rebuke, bind, and curse the spirit of death. I shall not see untimely death, nor shall death have any hold over me. I shall fulfill all of my days, months, hours, years, minutes, and seconds. I have divine order in my life, and death has no grip on me. A thousand shall fall by my side, and ten thousand by my right hand but it shall not come nigh me. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, my feet are shod with the gospel of peace. Peace rests upon me and covers my mind and heart. I have peace in the midst of storms, chaos, and confusion. Your peace comforts me in times of trial and sustains me from being weary. It surpasses all understanding, rendering logic helpless, and my faith sustains me. Father, you are an awesome God. You are not a million miles away, but right here with me each and every day. You walk with me, talk with me, and guide me every step of the way. You love me, and I rest in you, and I know that you are my God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I have been empowered with the sword of the Spirit, and I have authority over all power of Satan. I rejoice and celebrate that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
The sword of the Lord shall never depart from me, and I speak boldness into my spirit. I rebuke vine and cast down the spirit of fear. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When I walk through the waters, you are with me. When I go through the rivers, you help me. And when I pass through the fire, the flame does not kindle upon me. You have set your love upon me, and you protect me all the days of my life. The hedge of protection rests on me, and your fire shall be in my spirit. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, the shield of faith is an extension of my arm. My faith shall not fail me, and I trust in the Lord with all of my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. If you said it, then I know that you will do it. You shall not withhold any good thing from me, and you are able to perform your word in my life. I fortify my faith by releasing the promises of God into my life. Every word you have spoken concerning my destiny shall be established and come to pass, and my enemies shall not prevail against me. In the name of Jesus, I pray over my marriage. I pray that my marriage will continue to be everything that the word of God called it to be. My marriage shall be built on faithfulness, trust, loyalty, and a mutual love of God. You shall be the head of my house, at the center of everything we do, and the word of God shall be the binding and final authority in all matters. I am God's ambassador in my house, and I shall cover my spouse all the days of my life, through my word, examples, character, and deeds. My marriage is blessed and washed in the blood, and shall weather any challenges that arise against it. Our love continues to grow stronger each day, as the Lord allows us to see more of him in one another. If I am single, then I confess total contentment within myself, wholeness in my life, patience to wait on God, and security in Christ. I am a person of high self-esteem and significant value to the kingdom. I will not compromise my covenant with God, nor will I allow fear to cause me to operate in the fleshly realm. I exercise complete and total control over my mind, my will, and my emotions, and I do not leave any doors open for Satan to sneak in. I understand that every relationship is not for me. Every person does not have my best interests. All that glitters isn't gold, and every sugary thing is not sweet. In the name of Jesus, I will not be distracted by counterfeits and wolves in sheep's clothing. I will not lower my biblical expectations, nor will I give in to the pressures of the world. I have total confidence in God and the plan that he has for my life. In the name of Jesus, I surrender my children to you, Lord. And trust you to impart me with the ability and wisdom to raise them in the fear of the Lord. I make a commitment to my children to openly receive the instruction in your word on how to raise them, love them, and properly present them before you at that day. I pray that your calling and purpose will be fulfilled in them and ask that you guide and direct me in all matters concerning them. I shall be careful to represent you before them in everything that I say or do. I commit to live holy before them and set godly examples for them to follow. I shall not be a hypocrite, and I shall practice what I preach. I shall be a provider and protector for them, and make whatever sacrifices are necessary to ensure them a wonderful life. I shall fight to preserve their innocence and protect them from the brainwashing of the world. My expectation in them shall come to pass, and the blessings set out in your words shall be established in them. My children shall see you in everything that I say and do. In the name of Jesus, I seal my soul to the words of this covenant, that it is the declaration of my heart, that every word be lined up with the perfect will of God, and line by line with his understanding. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be the final arbitrator of my mind and heart, and that this covenant be in all ways pleasing in the sight of God. I thank you, Lord, that you love me, and that you hear me. I thank you, Lord, for a mind to share intimate fellowship with you. I thank you that these words shall be established in my heart and mind, that they shall be a part of me and guide and direct my paths at all times. 
I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and this second chance. I look forward to your return, and I know that nothing that I have done or sacrificed has been in vain. Thank you for this life, who I am in Christ, and for all blessings you have bestowed upon me. Amen. 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 Well, good, happy Sabbath. It is a wonderful Sabbath afternoon, and welcome you all back. We are back to the Bible study. Amen. Welcome back. You know, I had to call. Well, that's okay. That's, that's uh, understanding. We just want to welcome you right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're going to be talking about end time Deception. <clears throat> time deception. And we have plenty of that going on now, uh, nowadays in God's house. We've got plenty of it. And we need to kind of know what to watch for, what to look for uh, when it's going on uh, in God's house. And uh, we got a lot of it going on. God wants us to know uh, what to look for. Uh, uh, what to look for when we go into it and to the church <clears throat> we have a lot of that uh, going on because this happening this happening right. today it's going on in his house and we it's need to know happening now as we speak yes what you need to know speak. what to look for right well first of all we're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 Verse 14 and 15. <clears throat> and it's no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So it is not surprising if his servants also masquerade as ministers of righteousness, but their end will correspond with their deeds. Yes. So, <clears throat> in other words, we better start paying attention what's going on around us. Yes, with their deeds. Even inside the churches. With their deeds. The way they live, the things they say, the way they talk, <clears throat> uh, the places they go, uh, their uh, emotions, their actions, the way they walk, uh, their body language. Uh, all of these things are their deeds. You got, you got to watch for those things. So we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. We oh, okay. <clears throat> so much to talk about. And it's going to, we're going to have scriptures, of course, with it. <clears throat> so first of all, we want to wish you a happy Sabbath. Yes. And thank you for joining us once again right here on uh, LPJ, this Bible study hour, which we love so much. Yes. So our contemporary world has become a melting pot of the supernatural and the mystical, helped on by Hollywood, which has no problem making movies with religious and mystical themes in a hodgepodge of error and deception. The old line, <clears throat> you surely will not die. And that was in Genesis 3-4. Also has inspired some of the most read books and the most watched movies of the past few decades and many popular video games as well. 
undeniably you're exposed to and tempted by the enchanted ground of Satan, which can appear in Nimrod forms, and even in some cases can come hidden under the veneer of science. So one of the most <clears throat> deceptive phenomenons has been what have been called near-death experiences. Remember those books? <coughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do. Where those who had died have come back to life with stories of an afterlife. Many people have seen these events as proof of an immortal soul. But that's not true either. So we got to remember, our world has been flooded by the strong waves of mysticism. The word mysticism is a complex term that encapsulates a huge variety of ideals. From a religious perspective, the word implies a union of the individual with the divine or absolute in some kind of spiritual experience or trace. <clears throat> this characterizes the worship experience even of certain churches. The phenomenon can vary in form and intensity, but the tendency always is to replace the authority of the written word of God with one's own subjective experience. In any case, Bible loses <clears throat> much of its doctrinal function and the Christian remains vulnerable to his or her own experience. So this kind of subjective religion does not provide a safeguard against any deception, especially in time ones. We're going to go to uh, Matthew 7, starting at 21. All right, 21, there we go. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. We're going to go to verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? Verse 23. And then I will say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. Mm. Hmm. So, verse 24. So, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell, and the flood came. And the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. On the rock. On so the verse rock. 26, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man <clears throat> who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. In other words, there is a strong tendency in a postmodern Christian world to downplay the relevance of biblical doctrines. So regarding them as tedious echoes of an obsolete form of religion, 
So in this process, the teaching of Christ will artificially replaced by the person of Christ. Now we got to understand one thing. See, just like what he's saying here, everybody said, Lord, Lord, will not enter in. Yeah, because God don't know them and they don't know God. Because you're not keeping his commandments. You're not obeying his word. You said, Sam, we did this, we did that, but did you do it in obedience to God's word? That's what he's saying. Yeah, and if you, if you believe in teaching like this, that we're just reading about, you know, these things about the dead and all this, mm -hmm. then you don't know God. Because he said the dead knows nothing, and a lie know one thing, that they're going to die. That's right, and we're going to get into more of that, okay. too. I, I, I'm jumping along. ahead myself, okay, I'm, I'm sorry We're going to get that. into more of that as we go along. Because see, arguing, for instance, that some biblical story or another cannot be true because Jesus, as they perceive him, would never have allowed that to happen as it is written. So personal feelings and tastes end up being the criteria for interpreting the scripture or even for rejecting outright what the Bible clearly teaches, often about obedience to God, mm. which has, which as Jesus said, is so essential to build one's house on the rock. On the rock, and the Who rock is, is the rock. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the rock. Build your house upon the rock, where it'll, it'll, it'll stand. It won't fall. It won't fail. That's right. I mean. Uh, to love Jesus and he loves you. I mean, what more can you ask for? I mean, Jesus wants to give you life. He wants to give you life. Mm -hmm. More abundantly. More abundantly. And for eternity. Amen. I mean, he, Jesus is a good God. He's a He's loving merciful. God. He's merciful. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. Right. He wants to give you good things. He wants to give you wonderful Things. He wants to bless you in ways that we can't even imagine. Like things that the world have never seen or heard of before. He wants to give those things to you. He's not a God that just want to always throw uh, demands at you. He don't want to do that. He, want, he wants to give you the things that is good for you. Things that you desire and don't realize that you desire them because you think the things of this world is better. Mm -hmm. You think these things of the world is good for you, the best thing. But God wants to give you what's really good for you. That's he right. wants to give you what's really best for you. And that's an eternity home in heaven with him. Where the, can you imagine no more sickness, no more home? I can't imagine, no but more, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no more death. No more government. No more pain, sorrow. No more right. government. The poor, it won't right. be no more poor. No more poor. The fruits will be fruits. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? The vegetables will be, won't be nothing contaminated ever again. No more darkness. I'm looking forward to that. No more darkness day from here on out. <clears throat> Amen. There, will never, there won't be no need for the sun, no more need for the moon, because Jesus would be our light from here our on light out. source. Amen. He would be our source. Can you imagine that? I mean, man, I, Jesus is going to give you 
eternity in brightness, in brightness, daylight. Amen. Oh man, I, I, I can't wait. Darkness. I can't wait. So those who think that it matters not what they believe in doctrine, so long as they believe in Jesus Christ are on dangerous ground. The Roman inquisitors who we condemned to death untold number of their Protestants believed in Jesus Christ and those who had cast out demons in Christ's name had believed in him too. So the position that it is of no consequence is what men believe is one of Satan's most successful deceptions. He knows that the truth received and the love of it sanctifies the soul of the receiver. Therefore, he is constantly seeking to substitute false theories, fables, and another gospel. Well, I want to know how can you believe in Jesus and don't believe in doctrine? Doctrine is Jesus. How can you say I believe in God, but I don't believe in the law? Right, I don't believe in the Ten Commandments. I mean, this just like going out buying a car, but don't believe what you read in the book that the book says a car can do. Why did you buy it? And why are you reading the book? You read the book so you can get instructions on what and how you need to drive and the things that you need to know about for the vehicle. Then the, the read the book and say, I don't believe it. What was the purpose of buying the automobile? Mm. And what's the purpose of reading the book if you don't believe it? And why did you buy something that you don't believe in? Correct. See, that's the same way about Jesus Christ. To say I believe in Jesus but don't believe in the Word, how can you believe in Jesus and don't believe in the Word? That's oh, contradicting yourself. Exactly. Or you read His Word but you don't obey it. That's right. That's Same thing. Same thing. And to read the Word and say I don't believe in Jesus, that's still the same thing. You're contradicting yourself. Come on, people. You're confusing yourself. God is good. All the time. And so, we got to remember, too, in another deception, near-death experiences, some of the most popular modern arguments to prove the theory of the natural immortality of the soul are near-death experiences. So, in his book, Life After Life, The Investigation of the Phenomenon of Survival of a Bodily Death, this guy named was Raymond A. Moody presented the results of a five-year study of more than 100 people who experienced clinical death and were revived. Well, these individuals claimed to have seen a loving and warm being of light before coming back to life. This has been regarded as exciting evidence of the survival of the human spirit beyond death. Over the years, many other similar books have been published promoting the same idea. But we gotta remember, after all near-death experience reported in modern literature are of people considered clinically dead, but not really dead, <laughs> in contrast to Lazarus, who was dead for four days and whose corpse was rotting. Right. It's thinking. He was smelling. So he was dead for four days. And this is in John 11 39. We're going to go to John. Matthew, John 
Jesus says, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of the dead man, exclaimed, but Lord, by this time he is decaying and thrown off an offensive odor, for he has been dead four days. That's right. He said the body will be smelling. That's right. Stinking. He will be stinking. He's been dead for four days. He stinks. That's right. He's and smelling. He's smelling. So okay. think about it like this. Neither Lazarus nor any of those raised from the dead in biblical times ever mentioned any afterlife experience, whether in paradise, in a uh, purgatory, or in hell. This, indeed, an argument for silence, but it is in full agreement with the biblical teaching on the unconscious state of the dead. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he had to specifically say what? Call Liza by name. Otherwise, uh, all the dead would have got up. Yes. He had to say Liza. He had to specifically call his he had to name. Specifically call his name. That's right. So now, that tells you that. The dead just don't get up and walk. <laughs> they just don't get up and walk on their own. This man been dead for four days, stinking, rotting, decaying. And that tells you he was dead. He was dead. And see, I worked, I worked, I worked at Cemetery of Carbondale, Illinois for years. Right. And I tell you what, I ain't never seen none of them dead people get up and walk. Not one. Right. Not one. And, and, they, and they won't because ashes to ashes, dust, dust to dust. dust. <laughs> That's right. I haven't seen not one get up and walk away from that cemetery. That's right. So the devil has got you fooled. He got you believing what he wants you to believe. Exactly. So... So what about the near-death experience so commonly recounted today? If we accept the biblical teaching of the unconsciousness of the dead, then we are left with two main possibilities. Either it is a natural psychochemical hallucination under extreme conditions, or it can be a supernatural satanic deceptive experience. Satanic decept deception could indeed be the explanation, especially because in some cases these people claim to have talked to their dead relatives, but it could be a combination of both factors. So it could be a combination of psychochemical hallucination and also a supernatural satanic deception of the devil. Well, what does Samuel tell Liza? Oh yeah, when he told him you would be with me tomorrow. But it was not Samuel. It was a demonic angel that was talking to Saul. All right. And so God told him to stay out from now, there. That's right. Not to go down there. The witch indoor. That's, That's right. He went to go see. All right. So if God, you couldn't talk to the dead then. 
Wine is going to be. You can't talk to him today. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So with this deception prevailing and so convincing to many, it is crucial that we stick firmly to the teaching of the Word of God. Despite whatever experience we or others might have that goes against what the Bible teaches. That's you right. just remember that. Stick Amen. with the Word of God. Stick with the Word of God and read the Word of God. Pray for understanding of the Word of God. That way you can't be misled and by, you can't be by, deceived by, the, by the devil. By the devil. So we're going to take a break and come back with more of end time deceptions right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetang Bible Study Hour.
and encourage one another with these words. Amen. Thus said the Lord. Amen. Thus said the Lord. So there is no there is no proof of what you believe that you visit the dead. Yes, and that. the dead visit you in God's word. That's what his word say. And second, it negates the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. E-P-H, Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians. Right there. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 8. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourself, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demand, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do so no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we shall walk in them, living the good life which he Prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. And see, and it replaces it with human works. So again, third, the theory contradicts the biblical teaching that one's eternal destiny is decided forever by one's decision in this life. We're going to go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Four. All right. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, comparison stories used to illustrate and explain, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet of his son and sent his servants to summon those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they refused to come. And again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are, who are invited. Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my bullocks, and my fatted cows are killed, and everything is prepared. Come to the wedding feast. And <clears throat> number five, but they were not concerned and paid no attention. They ignored and made light of the summons, treated it with contempt, and they went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the others seized his servants, treating them shamefully, and put them to death. Hearing this, the king was infuriated, and he sent his soldiers and put those murderers to death and burned their city. Mm -hmm. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is prepared, but those invited were not worthy. So go to the thoroughfares where they leave the city, where the main roads and those from the country in and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. 
And those servants went out on the crossroads and got together as many as they found, <clears throat> both bad and good. So the room in which the wedding feast was held was filled with guests. But when the king came in to view the guests, he looked intently at a man that who had on no wedding garment. And he said, Friend, how did you come in here without putting on the appropriate wedding garment? And he was speechless. <clears throat> so then the king said to attendant, Tie him hand and foot, throw him into the darkness outside, and there will be weeping and varnish of teeth. So again, now look at this. We're going to go to Matthew 25. But it, it's, it's letting us know you got to have the garment on it. Mark, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. We're going to start with 31. <clears throat> All right. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, his majesty and splendor, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them, the people, from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand, but the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, you favor of God, and appoint to eternal salvation. Inherit, receive as your own the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you brought me together with yourself, and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. In other words, it switches. You did not do this. You did not do this. That's so those saying. are the ones that did it. And I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. And visit me with help and ministry care, and I was in prison. You came to see me. So, in other words, like you said, the theory contradicts the biblical teaching that one's eternal destiny is decided forever by one's decision in life. But the Bible says different. That's right, the Bible says different. So, the fourth, this theory downplays the meaning and relevance of Christ's second coming. John, I'm going to. John chapter 14, 1 through 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, homes. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I am come, I am going away to prepare a place for you. And when, when I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself, and that where I am, you may be also. Now, now that sounds <laughs> sound like you're going to be coming back to visit me? No. That sound like, like you said, you're going to rest in the grave. Until Christ come back, or you're going to be here on earth Until Christ when Christ back. get back. That's and right. Will, That's right. It ain't like I'm dying and I go straight to heaven. You're going to either be in a deep sleep, or you're going to be alive. Amen. One or the other. 
but it don't sound like you're going to be dead coming back to visit me, go back to the grave and come back to visit me. You know, uh uh-uh. That is all false. Satan has a way to set you up to to believe anything false against God's word. That is not right. That is not right. You can't believe that. That's right, because and the fifth theory proposes after death uh, after death opportunities for someone still to overcome his own life's pitfall, which is unbiblical because in Hebrew nine twenty seven it says, Just as it is appointed for all men once to die, after that is judgment. Yeah. Period. <clears throat> it's judgment. That's so, what you gotta understand. Yeah. So the Lord said, the man, the, the, the man that you went to your grave with is the man you're going to wake up with. So how are you going to go wake, go to your grave, wake up and visit, go back to your grave? It doesn't work like that. There, uh, there's nothing like that. That's why he said, get it right. Because when you leave here, the same man you leave here with is the same man you're going to wake up with when he come back. That's right. <laughs> And we got to get to this part right here. Okay. Um, practice necromancy and ancestor worship. Um, you got to remember the word necromancy derives from the Greek term necros, meaning dead. And mantia means divination. Practice since ancient time, necromancy is a form of summoning the alleged active spirits of the dead in order to obtain knowledge often about future events. Ancestors of worship, meanwhile, it is the custom of venerating deceased ancestors because they are still considered family. And these spirits can, it is believed, influence the affairs of the living. These pagan practices can be very attractive to those who believe in immortal souls and who also miss the deceased loved ones. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like we was talking about in First Samuel 28, uh, three, three, chapter 3 through 25. We're going to go there and we're going to read some of it because we was talking about uh, Saul at first. First Samuel chapter 28 and 3. Okay, I hope you jumped up there fast. First Samuel. There he is, First Samuel chapter 28. Okay, 28. You're going to start at verse 3. <clears throat> okay. You may not read all of it, but we're going to take it right now. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the widows out of the land. <clears throat> and the Philistines assembled and came, and he camped at Shuman. And Saul gathered all Israel and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistines' host, he was afraid. His heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, he refused to answer him, either by dreams or by Urim, a symbol worn by the priests when seeking the will of God for Israel, or by the, or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servant, Find me a woman who is a medium, between the living and the dead, that I may go and acquire her. Mm. His servant said, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Uh-oh. <clears throat> so 
The Bible stated very clearly that all spiritists, medium, and sorcerer, and nepomacer in the ancient Israelite bureaucracy were abomination to the Lord and shall be put to death by stone. Mm-hmm. Amen. So in accordance with this law, Saul had destroyed all medium and spiritualism from Israel. In 1 Samuel 28.3.9 But then after being rejected by the Lord, Saul himself went to Canaanite, the city of Endor, to acquire of a woman medium. He asked her to bring up the deceased prophet Samuel, who supposedly came up in an apromiser apparition and spoke with Saul. Mm-hmm. The deceiving spirit who pretended to be Samuel, told Saul, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. So while predicting Saul's death, that deceiving spirit, merely by assuming the form of Samuel, reaffirmed the unbiblical theory of the natural immortality of the soul. It was a powerful deception, and Saul should have known better than to become involved in what he had previously condemned. That's right. See, see, so now <clears throat> that was going on when Saul was in Saul time. So now, if it was happening then, it's happening even more. It's happening now. today in this time. Don't let Satan fool you. All these impersonation, exactly. So we got to be on our safeguard against such demonic deception. We're gonna go to uh, yeah, what to we're gonna go to Ephesians chapter in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter six verse starting at verse ten. Okay. Ephesians chapter six in the New Testament. Oh okay, I'm in the old I'm sorry about that. Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, 6. Starting at verse 10. Alright, 10. There we go. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which is boundless might provides. Put on God's whole arm and the armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the against deposings, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirits forces of wickedness and heavenly supernatural spirit. There you go. Now that tells you right there that you're not talking to your loved one in the grave. You're on the whole arm of God. It's telling you, that, that, that explains to you right there that you're not talking to the, your loved one in the grave. That Satan has set up a counterfeit That's right. only for you. Amen. That you're messing with the enemy. So that's what we're trying to tell you. 
at this point. You got to put on the whole armor of God. You got to believe in the Bible and stand on the truth of His Word. The Bible and only the Bible. The Bible alone. So we just want to thank you for joining us tonight, talking about end time deception. We're going to play a song. We're going to come back with closing comments and email address. Keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. People of God, we just came to tell you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your situation looks like, your blessing is in your praise. Let me encourage you, my brothers and my sisters. Woo! God inhabits the praises of those who are his children. This is the atmosphere in which he loves to dwell. See, if we don't praise him, he said the rocks are going to cry out. So let's all join together. Render what's to his name. Don't stop praising him. 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 Let everything that have praise. The spirit of heaviness, and with everything that's within us, let's lift high His name.
me. Stop praising. Don't stop praising. Whatever you do, don't stop praising me. That's right. We want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we want to let you know with these last comments, the satanic personations and appearance can be very frightening and deceiving, but they cannot mislead those who are sheltered by God and grounded in God's word. Amen. So stand on his word. Amen. And when you know the truth, you stand on the truth, no matter what you may see or hear. Amen. So we just want to give God the praise and the honor and the glory. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you need Bible app, Bible questions, you need prayer, you can email us at ro. B-T-G-I-N-A-50 at gmail.com and we're going to have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food, and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. May the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Have a wonderful and blessed Sabbath. And don't forget to come back again Monday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And have a good night.